There at least we have at one time. We have thoughts uh, go through our mind when we think about God. Now, uh, when I say think about God, uh, I think everybody thinks about God. Like I think that everyone has an opinion one way or the other about who God is, whether he exists. Um, I think you say, you're, some of you are in your mind right now, well, there are some people that are atheists. And, you know, they think about God. I'll, I'll just tell you, the Bible speaks of creation and being created in the image and likeness of God. Uh, parts uh, talk about uh, our, that we're conscious of him and that we, we know him to exist even if we deny him. Um, I, I thought, thought of a, when I lived up in uh, Sonoma County with my family, I, I went on a field trip with one of the kids one time. And when you're in Sonoma County and you go on field trips, it's always some nature path or something. You know, they're in love with nature up there. And um, I remember going to this one and this young girl, a uh, young woman who was a college student, and she was explaining to us about how everything evolved and how, you know, it just happened to be and this and that. But it was very interesting. She said over and over again in her presentation about habitats that that's why they were made. That's why they were made. And this bird was made that way so it could do this and its habitat was made like this so it could pick up this. And I just leaned over to her after I said, why do you keep saying made? And she says, what do you mean? And I said, you, you said already that all this evolved and I assume that you don't believe in God. Why do you say it was made and who made it? I hope I ruined her day. <clears throat> Everyone thinks about God, but that's not necessarily what I'm thinking about. Because our thoughts about God cause us to wonder about our relationship with him. What does God think about me? What does he think about my life? When those thoughts go through our mind about his existence, uh, and when it comes back to me, is he mad at me? Does he look at me as an enemy or does he look at me as a friend? And then we quickly, most of us, you know, we bounce around here and uh, when we say, well, uh, does he look at me as an enemy or as a friend? He looks at me as a friend, of course, because I'm friendly. And of course, he made me, and so of course we would be friends, you know, that he loves me and he cares for me, and I'm, I'm a pretty good guy. I'm friendly. But then maybe after we've tried to dismiss this conversation in our mind with ourselves, we say, well, maybe I'm not that good of a guy. I uh, think about, you know, there's some selfishness that displays itself over and over again. There's some things I've done in my past that are mine. They're, I'm guilty. I have impure thoughts. I, there's greed and perversion in my life. There's times where I'm vindictive and I won't let someone off the hook. And then there's that complaining about the life that God gave me. And I complain about it over and over again. What does God think about me? Am I his friend or am I his enemy? 
Maybe I'm not on God's good side. Maybe I'm not enough. And then that, that brings us to something else. When we feel like we're not enough or whatever, we say, well, I'm better than most. I'm better than most. Uh, you, you know, there was this guy that I met, and maybe we think about in terms of, you know, our classes in school, and we say, well, I'm better than most in the class. I'm better than most in the community. I'm better than most in my family. And we comfort ourselves that somehow we find ourselves to be above some but below others. But then we turn back to God and we still wonder. Maybe they think I'm great or this person thinks I'm better than them, but what does God think about me? This is what we're going to look at today. And as we look, today we're going to look at the standing of Abraham before God. And, and as we look at him and David, um, I want to tell you, you're going to gain clarity. You're going to gain clarity on where you stand with God today. And, and for some, it might be the first time. Like maybe you've grown up in situations where it's been unclear to you and they talk in vague terms. But this morning, God's going to teach us through his word that there's Clearly two ways to look at being right with God. One that works and one that does not. Um, And as we understand this, we'll gain this clarity and even confidence to know where we are right right with God or not. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you from uh, Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. God's word says this. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. Verse 3, for what uh, does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now, Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Verse 6, just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose a man against whom the Lord will not count his sins. Is this blessing then for only the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? For we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? It was not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him, uh, make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised so that the righteousness would be counted to them as well. Verse 12, and to make him the father of the circumcised who are not merely circumcised but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. God, 
Uh, We ask your blessing on our time this morning as we look at your word. We ask that you would clarify for us our standing before you and what it is to be right with you. God, do your work in this church, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. may be seated. This morning I have three points, because I always try to have three points. Um, First one being accounted righteousness, accounted righteousness, verse four, or chapter four, verse one, uh, it brings up Abraham. Now, who is Abraham? Uh, If you think about the Old Testament, it's kind of, he's a highlight of the Old Testament. Uh, And God, if you look at uh, what God did in his life in the book of Genesis, he took him out of just obscurity and he made him important, so important that all the nations would not just be blessed through him, but that he would be the father of the Jews. And and as we look at that, um, you, you need to know that as we look at the book of Romans, the Jews were uh, being spoken to quite a bit. It wasn't that others weren't spoken to in the book of Romans. In fact, the first three chapters, you have sinners that are non-Jews and sinners that are Jews. That's the first three chapters, okay? Uh, and really uh, culminating and, and concluding that all have sinned. No one seeks after God. No one is righteous. Uh, and just to conclude that thought and get it fixed in our mind. The Jews, uh, when they thought of being uh, righteous, they thought, ah, Abraham. Abraham was the one. And he was the one who followed after God. He was our model. He was the one who uh, was right before God because of what he has done. If you look at verse 2, or the question in verse 1 is just, you know, what is it? All that Abraham did, uh, did he not gain from that? Isn't that the way he worked himself uh, into right standing with God? Verse two, for if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about. Now, um, justified, we came up with this word in uh, the previous chapter. It's the idea of being made right, made right, which Justification is kind of a funny word anyways, because when you think of something or someone being righteous, being right before God, you know, that's, that's where we want to be, but we're not. So what needs to happen? We need to be justified. We need to be justified. And so uh, many would acknowledge that, yeah, Abraham wasn't perfect, but how was he made right? How was he made right? And a Jew would say, well, you go back to Genesis and you see all the things that he did. Specifically, uh, he was circumcised and he went on to circumcise his offspring and really the whole nation as they went forth from there. That is how uh, Abraham was made right. But you look at verse two and it says, for if Abraham was justified by works, pointing to circumcision later, he has something to boast about, okay? And I, I just want to say this, that, that if there's a way that you can work your way into right standing with God, you have something to be proud about. You, you have something to talk about. You, you have something to say when someone asks, well, how did you get right with God? And you have something to share that you did. But I, I want to tell you, this whole passage is saying the complete opposite, that you have nothing to talk about 
when it comes to being right with God. Nothing. And not just you. It's, you're not, uh, this isn't your story, chapter 4. This is Abraham's story. And they would have looked to him as that, that perfect example. And so, uh, as Paul writes, inspiration of God, even uh, layering the Old Testament by God's own design, he says, remember Abraham. Is there something about him? And they would have looked at uh, Abraham as the law keeper even before there was the law. You, you realize that the law came after Abraham. And yet he was like this ideal, ideal person, a, a law keeper. But the idea, remember the last two weeks ago when we went over this, I, I talked about how ridiculous it is uh, to talk about how the great things that we have done, to have something to boast about. That's almost a joke. Why? Because we are sinful. Because we have not done anything good apart from the work of God. It's ridiculous to think about this because no one seeks after God not one, all are sinners, uh, every one of them, um, including Abraham, including your favorite pastor, hope that's me, um, it, it, including your grandma, who you want to think never did anything wrong. Some of you grandmas are here today. You need to remind your family of the sins that you've committed, not one by one, but... Um, that you are a sinner. So we look at this, we see Abraham as, what about Abraham? What about our forefather, the one that we all are connected to? And it says, if Abraham was justified by works or his works, he has something to boast about, but not before God, right? And maybe that's that same picture I shared with you earlier. When we're looking this way, there's something to talk about, but when we look to God, there's nothing to talk about. As we look on to verse 4, actually, I'm sorry, I, I got ahead of myself. Verse 3 says this, for what does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. That's uh, pointing back to Genesis 15, uh, verse 6, and it's summarizing his faith life, what had gone on, and it says, that he believed God and it was counted or credited to him as righteousness. How was he justified? How was he made right? It says he believed God. He believed God and that was uh, what happened. And so, Let me give you this example. And this idea of counted is going to come up over and over again in this passage. And I would even say it's a major teaching in the book of Romans as we move on. Rowdy kids and those parents. Oh, you, you parents. Uh, um, no, it's better to hear kids than for them to be terrorizing in corners quietly, right? If it's quiet, you better, you better figure out where they are, right? How many stories could we tell of that? Um, so, so as we look at this, this idea of counted... now. Uh, maybe maybe you, you want to support our kids and we go eat tacos this afternoon and you want to say, I want to give 20 bucks, 20 bucks or 50 bucks or 20,000 bucks. I don't know what, what kind of 
tax bracket you're in. But uh, you want to. But you say I don't have anything. I don't have any money. Can I just write you a little note that says I'll, I'll, I'll make good on it later? Now, if you say um, like it's fun as kids. How many of you made money as kids? Like, and when I say made money, you. You either copied it or you made your own bill or traced it. And, and you said, I got money, right? And, and you realized, you know, or somebody, if you had an older sibling, they told you that it wasn't real and dashed all your hopes. But, but the idea is when you have a $20 bill, that's the real thing. That's the real thing. But if you have something else that will be okay, it will act as a, like an IOU or some kind of note or something like that, that in some way, and all these, uh, all these examples fall apart, but know this, that it's not righteousness that you have. You don't have that. You don't have the $20 bill. It doesn't exist because of your sins. And the idea is that something else came in and was counted as that. It was counted as that. It was accepted as that, accepted as righteousness. I want to tell you that um, this had to happen. This had to happen because of our sins. It had to happen. There had to be something else to make you right, to justify you. And it says of Abraham, Abraham believed God and what it was counted to him as righteousness. It wasn't that Abraham was righteous. It wasn't that he had done all these things and he had lived a perfect life. But what God had granted to him based upon his belief was counted for righteousness. We're going to come back to these words as Paul gives us. And it's very important that we get this. So we move on in verse 4 to a gift of forgiveness. A gift of forgiveness. Now, now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. How many of you have had a job and you got paid? Getting paid's great. It's, not, it's kind of fun. I was thinking about this, that I like the old days, but this, it's kind of fun now too, because how many of you go online uh, and you look at your bank account, and you go, ha, ah, magic, it's showing up, you know, and, and rarely do you connect it that you did work for that, it wasn't just magic, and it wasn't like free money, um, but uh, I, I remember working for my dad, actually day laborers are probably the best, you, you know what I mean by day laborers, so you like you, you cutting someone's weeds, by the way, if you're a young man, this is the land flowing of milk and honey these next few months. Uh, but, but the idea that, like, you, you say, uh, I'm going to work for you, and you work all day, and, and you're, you're tired, and you're sweaty, and you stink, and at the end of the day, they hand you cash money. And there's this great connection. I did this. I get this. It's my wages. I remember working for my dad. At a, uh, he worked at a construction company, and they got paid weekly, and it was fun. Like, my dad would stand around, and he'd have a stack of checks, and he'd go like this. And, and when, you, when, you hand out, when you hand out checks and somebody receives them, you, you know, some of you are polite, and so when you receive the check, what do you say? Thank you, right? But the reality is, um, the one who hands you the check, what should they say? Thank you, right? 
Thank you, because it was a transaction, wasn't it? I asked you to do a job. I told you I'd pay you. And you'd say you'd accept. And so there should be this, thank you for the job. Thank you for the money. Thank you for the work. Thank you for the check. Like, it should be thank you all the way around, because it was a transaction. But it was not just a transaction. It was an obligation. It was an obligation for the one to do the work and the one to pay the wages. It's an obligation, it's a transaction, it's a contract, if you will. So, so uh, Paul, as he's talking to these Jewish people and anybody else who struggles with the same thing, because I do think, but by the way, I think some of us here today struggle with this. That we think we're earning something. That we think we deserve something. Uh, so no one works, uh, no one who works thinks about his wages uh, as counted as a gift, but is due, is due. It's not a gift. A gift is something that you are not due and somebody gives you out of the, the blessing, right? They're, they're blessing you. They, they love you. They care about you. They're giving you something that you don't deserve. Verse 5. And to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. These words counted coming up over and over again, okay? And what, what I want you to see right now is this. In, in, in this passage, Paul's talking about that which you earn and that which is a gift. That which comes by things you do and that which comes by belief, faith, or trust in the God who loves you so much. And that's counted as righteousness. He, he kind of abandons this wages counted thing in, that he talked about so clearly in verse four. And he says, let's talk back about Abraham or, or people like Abraham. The one who believes or trusts or has faith, he's gonna use faith uh, just in the next couple of words, who believes in him who justifies the what? And, and I love how Paul works this. God's obviously inspired through spirit, but he's re- relentless for us to know. Who, uh, who, who are, there's a thing in Bible study you can do, and it's very helpful. If you're struggling with understanding the Bible, uh, you look for a couple of things. Uh, the first thing I would tell you to look for in every passage in the whole Bible is God. What's God doing? What does he reveal about himself? What's his plan? What's his work? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God. Look for God. But the other thing, the other thing, and this, this comes easy to us, the second one is look for yourself. Look for yourself. Now, where are you in this passage? In these last words that I Look look down at it again. Some of you are trying to follow my train of thought without looking at the scriptures, and you're never going to do it. Um, Verse 5, where are you? You are, Kevin is, the ungodly. There I am. The one unrighteous. The one who hasn't followed God. And I want to tell you the work of God. What is it? Who justifies the ungodly. What did did God have to do for Abraham? Justify the ungodly. 
What does God have to do for me? Justify the ungodly. What does God have to do for you or your spouse even? If you just want to point at your spouse, you don't want to talk about yourself? Justifies the ungodly. We look at this and it, it, it's, it, he's seeking to give clarity to these thoughts that somehow we can be uh, good and right by our works before God. <laughs> Can't happen. It's not because of the one who works, but it's because of the one who believes and his faith is counted as righteousness. Once again, they are not righteous by what they have done, but they are counted righteous. They are justified. They are made right. And then he gives this example, and I think this is interesting because he, Abraham is huge in the Old Testament, and the, the Jews would look back and they would look at, oh, Abraham this, the line of Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. But one of the other big ones, you can talk about Moses, he's not mentioned in this passage, but David, King David, the line of Christ. And he brings David in as one who would say the same thing, the same thing. That Abraham would say, verse 6, just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness, righteousness apart from works, right? That's what we're talking about here, righteousness apart from works. And then he quotes uh, uh, a section of David's writing in the Old Testament Psalms, Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. He, he speaks of this blessing, and, and I would say this, it's a blessing of grace. It's the blessing of being guilty, being guilty, and being forgiven. I love it. I love it. When you think of lawless deeds, I know we have a lot of... Um, Correctional officers or uh, police officers, uh, peacekeepers. And it's always a question of the law, right? And lawless deeds. And you say, oh, law, people who just act lawlessly, they're guilty. They deserve it. Yes, we do. And it says how great it is or how blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered. They're not exposed. They're not no longer the, the issue of one's life. And verse eight, blessed are the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. I think it's interesting that he brings this idea of counting again and, and we counting, 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 counted as righteousness, but not count sin, not count sin. Oh, what a glorious thing. And as you look at this, you, I hope that it's exciting to you that you go, oh, it's all been done. Oh, I just need to trust him. Oh, I can rejoice and live with him. Not guilty because I've been justified. I've been made righteous where I wasn't. Third point, faith before works, verse nine. And this is a finer point, but an important point, okay? Um, and works are gonna be talked about a little bit more uh, in the book of Romans, but also in the New Testament. You say, well, does it, so we shouldn't care about anything anymore. Like we could just do anything because it's all about grace, and it is all about grace. But 
once you understand grace, once you've been changed, it'll give you a different picture of why you do works, okay? Let me get to that here. So, but he's gonna reiterate and clarify faith before works. Verse nine, is this blessing then only for the circumcised or also the uncircumcised? Uh, and, and, and this is the question. Remember that uh, Rome was probably four million people at this time. Maybe a bunch of people, people everywhere. People from all nationalities and people in areas. And, and they, they had come to Rome because Rome was a big city. And there was also a large portion of Jews there. And, and, and they were all struggling to figure out. And they're asking that basic question that maybe is terrifying is, am I right with God? Am I right with God? What does God think about me? And, and this is the question. So for those who are not Jews, they go, whoa, is this just for the Jews? And for the Jews, they might be thinking that. It's just for us. And so he, he clarifies, verse 9, is this blessing uh, then only for the circumcised or also the uncircumcised? For we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. And, and I want you to get this. It was counted to him as righteousness. Um, how then was it counted to, uh, how was it then counted to him? Was it before or after he was circumcised? Why is that important? Why is that important? So, um, do works come before salvation? Well, yeah, people try to do good things all the time. But does it make one right with God? No. No. Um, what, what would happen uh, if Mark Zuckerberg, do you know who that is? Facebook guy? He's like 12 or something like that, and he owns half the world. And What if he walked in here and he said, I'm going to give you a billion dollars. I'm going to give a billion dollars to the Lord. And I want to figure out what it is to come to know him. Everyone go, did he say a billion dollars? I've never seen a billion dollar check. Um, can you do something before salvation to get on good, God's good side? No. Abraham couldn't. In fact, I, I, I see this as God's purposes revealing to us where works fit in. Now, now listen to this. I, I want you to get this. Um, so so he's, he's saying circumcision. Where did that come in? Well, why is that the thing? Well, it is the visible sign that comes. He's going to speak of what it really is, the sealing. Uh, but this picture of something done after salvation as a work. Not as a work of salvation, but as a work of following uh, God's plan. So here we go. Verse 10. How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he was circumcised? It was not after, but, but before he was circumcised. When did he get it counted righteous? Get counted righteous before he was circumcised. Verse 11. He, he received the sign, the sign after uh, I'm sorry, I keep losing my place. He received the sign, sign of circumcision as a seal 
of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. He's, he's highlighting, saying it again, saying it again. It was before he was circumcised. The purpose was to make him father of all who believe without being circumcised so that the righteousness would be counted to them as well. So, so if, you're, if you're hearing this and you're a Jew, you go, oh, it's not about circumcision. In fact, the fact that Abraham got counted righteous before, that includes these other people from the nations and cities around that have no Jewish blood in their veins and have no understanding of that. They can be saved as well. They can be made righteous as well. Because this was God's design that it would be before, faith before works. As we move on, uh, verse 12, it says, and to make him the father of the circumcised who are not merely circumcised, but those, but who also walk in the footsteps of faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. Once again, I, I think this is important that he, he calls on those Jews to walk in the same manner as Abraham. What, what did Abraham do? He believed, he believed, and it, he was counted righteous. He believed, he was justified by faith. It was not by the works that he did. It wasn't by circumcision. It wasn't by any step of thing that he did after that um, was he saved and made right with God. As, as we tie up our time, I have three uh, questions I want to ask you that will be helpful for you to think through where this fits in your life. The first one is this. Do you want your wages or do you want your gift? Do you want your wages or do you want your gift? As you look at a holy God who created, knows you, knows everything about you, do you want to say to him, give me what's due me? What, what I earned, you give it to me. Or do you want to have the gift that he extends to us? That's so important for us to know. If, any, if anyone here today thinks that they um, deserve to have right place with God, I really would ask you to, to cry out to the Lord that he might reveal to you the state of your own soul. The, the many sins that you've committed and that you fall far short because that's what the scripture says. Do you want the gift or, or do you want your wages, what you deserve? If you understood clearly, you don't want the wages. <laughs> you don't want the wages. He's gonna come back to that in further points of the book of Romans. Question number two, do you follow Abraham and David's understanding of being right with God? Um, I, I know that part of it is being um, a human, but I think also it's a big deal uh, being an American and maybe even an American in California. Um, I, I think about this all the time where like, uh, how many of you have a better way? How many of you have a better way? All the time, all the time. How many of you have a better way all the time? So, so this is the way I do most do-it-yourselfer projects, almost all of them. Uh, I've seen people do it the right way. I've usually seen people do it the right way. 
I've watched two or three YouTube videos on people doing it the right way and them explaining it. And after seeing it and then having randos explain it, I think to myself, I got some ideas that are better than those. Like I got some improvements. And then I usually mess up whatever I'm doing. I want to tell you that um, for us, when it comes to the state of our own soul, I would encourage you to say, this isn't time to make up your own way. You, you don't have a better idea. You should follow the plan. Not the plan of even Abraham or David. But the plan of God revealed in the life of Abraham and the life of David. And I would say this, and every other Old Testament saint, and every New Testament saint, and every person that's saved today is faith. We put our trust in a God who loves us so much in his way, his method, which was his son Jesus. And that and that alone is the only thing. Which brings me to my third question. Are you justified by faith in Jesus? Are you justified by faith in Jesus? It's not that you're righteous by faith in Jesus. It's that you've been made righteous, justified by faith in Jesus. I want to tell you, that's the only way. That's the only way to be right with God. I I, I say that, and and I know that in our... um, pluralistic world some are saying well there's got to be other ways you know it's a big world and like we're in Tehachapi and like there's got to be other ways there's not and I don't mind telling you there's not and it's not that I figured out something it's that God said it in his word it's his only way it's his only method of salvation there's only one way to be justified and it's through Jesus Father God, thank you for this morning, uh, being able to be before your word, sing your praises. God, I ask that we would be clear in our mind that this is the one-way gospel, your one-way gospel. Good news for us is that you're willing to justify the ungodly. Forgive us of the sins that we committed and are guilty of. God, do your work in your church. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.